Okay, everybody, my guest on the show today, I was just telling her, first of all, we've never met until about, I don't know, 14 minutes ago, which is such a fun experience as a podcast host, because sometimes I interview my best friends and sometimes I interview people that I'm like, oh, this person's awesome and I can't wait to learn. So everything I'm going to learn about you and we're going to learn about you is real time. And yep. my guest today, yeah, is Sam Patil. She's the CEO and founder of Well-Traveled which is a members club for travel lovers. You're an avid traveler yourself. I am a travel lover. Used to be an avid traveler. We have a one-year-old, which makes for misery traveling. We will be avid travelers again. And I'm just delighted to have you on today. Sam, welcome. Thanks for being on today. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Traveling with a one-year-old, I don't think there's anybody who can tell you how to do that. It's just, he's at the age where it, it's just not fun because he's not old enough to plop a screen in front of him for three hours. And we live yeah. in New York. So we mm-hmm. always, you know, if we're going out West, but he's also old enough that he wants to move the whole time, which is mm. not a good combination for air travel at all. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I feel like the we are seeing more people try to do it. And so it's like, we have a few members actually that have done it and well, people are like, well, how did you do that? Um, tell us everything <laughs> you came out the other side of it. Like, what did you do? Where did you go? What airline did you fly? What toys did you bring? Like, you know, um, so it's, uh, they, they get a lot of hits on those posts around writing that type of content. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And how did you also keep your kid from pissing everybody off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam. Let's get to know each other here. So first question is, what's something you nerd out about? And I'm just going to take travel right off the table to start. That's just way <laughs> too easy. So yeah, yeah what's something else easy. you nerd out about? I really, I mean, so I come from consumer uh, tech. And so I find consumer apps just generally like really fascinating, especially mm-hmm. ones around social and community just based on sort of how they've evolved and how like social, like the idea of a social network has evolved over time. And, you know, how we kind of started with like Facebook, for example, and the whole idea behind social media was like, okay, you know, Sam and Jason, you guys know each other. Therefore, maybe you have similar interests. So we're going to serve you up content that's really similar to you. And you kind of created this social graph, but now what's happening when you have this like evolution of the internet is like, that doesn't really work as well anymore. And so what you've seen is like TikTok. You asked me what I nerd out about and I'm just nerding out about it, by the way. So now Love you have it. like TikTok that's come along and said, you know, actually, instead of focusing on your social graph, we're only going to serve you content that's like hyper relevant to you in terms of like how you engage with these videos, what you do, how long you watch it. Do you send it to a friend? Do you skip it? And what's really funny now is you're seeing that they're actually bringing the follower page, like your community page sort of back to the front again, Mm -hmm. because like you kind of need both at this point of like, you need a social graph, you need an interest graph. And I just think like the evolution of this digitally has been fascinating. And then what are the implications for, um, like in real life, because I think we're so obsessed with our screens and that digital world that the real life part is so, so, so important. So like the metaverse is like interesting, right? But I'm interested in like, how do you take those digital communities and like 
translate them to offline experiences because Mm -hmm. I think people still really, really want that. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about well-traveled at some point. That seems to be very aligned with what you do for a living. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) I could talk about that forever because it's like, it's fascinating to me, like just the evolution of the internet and like how we kind of communicate within these different frameworks and like how it's evolving. Was I was I was taking a look at um, your bio? Like you worked at you worked at some consumer app brands, including a what some people would say is a social brand. I don't know. Do you consider? And you know what I'm talking about. Well, we'll say people look at on LinkedIn. You worked at Snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. That I consider. I mean, that's a social, right? Because you're sharing. Yeah, things. it is. Yeah, yeah it's a very, it is interesting. Yeah, it's a different. Like they have a very different approach, which I think has definitely you know, influenced my approach to my own product building. Um, but it's for sure social. It's really about like fostering like human connection and um, getting people to like play and like enjoy the world like with their friends. Um, yeah. 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 Excellent. So let's see, Sam, what's something that's inside of your comfort zone that you know other people won't do or dislike doing? Um, I'm one of those crazy people that likes to run marathons and like half marathons. Uh (laughs) So I've only done one full marathon and true to form. It was in Paris, which was awesome. Pretty awesome. It was awesome until the last two or three miles, which are all on cobblestone, which was just kind of like messed up, but you know, it was, I get it. Like (laughs) there's a lot of cobblestone in Paris. Um, but it was pretty incredible. Um, but I do a lot of like half marathons um, <laughs> just because I don't know. I love it. I definitely get that like runner's high. Like I've done one across the bridge. I did the Nike women's one and I've done like a few others. And I, I really love it. And I love like running. I'm like one of those people that loves like, like the working out for me is like a pushing yourself to sort of like an exhaustion is such a great like stress reliever. Yeah. And a good thing for like mental clarity too. Like, oh yeah. 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 The endorphins just more, more clarity. Do you, yeah. so as, as somebody who is an avid traveler and also a runner, are you the, are you the person who's always has the running shoes and the running gear yeah. like anywhere you go? You're like you're yeah. going for a run. Yep. I was in London last week and I had my running shoes and I just walked out the door. was like, I'm going to go run. And I walk, I ran along the river. And it's such a great way to see a new city. Like it's not for everybody, of course, but if you do like running or you're open to it, it's a really fun way to just kind of like cruise around and like get the lay of the land. Yeah. I heard. So I heard this on a tour in London a few years ago and I don't know if, did you go to Windsor Castle or Eaton where the Eaton private school is? But I'm from over there, but originally I was born in the UK and you are. uh, Okay. Yeah. In Ascot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. According to the tour guide, and I think this is probably true, that the reason that the marathon is 26.2 miles is because it, the original one for the Olympics was where the Eaton, you know, where Eaton is, the, mm-hmm. the private boys' school. And yeah. there is something about that route. And I think it went around Windsor Castle, and there was the point two in miles somehow equated to the exact route. And that's how it became 26.2 miles because I think the original is it. This is what I hear. I'm not, you know, like we can do a fact check. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. And I was like, that's interesting, but they claim that this is a thing because they have a plaque there. It's like the site of the original marathon because it was like the London Olympics or some time when it made sense. So 
you know, anybody who wants to do a, a fact check on this. So I, we were just talking about armchair expert where they, they end the, they end the show. The host of that is Dak Shepard and his co-host. They do, she calls it the fact check. Yeah. And also they do this on some other podcasts where they're like, so you said this thing. So let's see if that's <laughs> true or not. And then sometimes it's not true. So I'm not going to fact check myself and I believe that's correct. But if somebody wants to write in after listening to this, be like, you're full of it. I will blame our tour guide. And there we go. That. I blame. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah. It's always if, someone else's if fault. If I'm wrong, it's, it's never <laughs> blame my shift, fault. Blame shift. Yeah, exactly. So Sam, what's, um, what's the opposite of that for you? So what's something that's like just outside of your comfort zone, something you won't do something that's really scary for you. And you know, other people are like, yeah, that's cool. I totally would do that. Or I like doing that. <laughs> I mean, so one of the things that's kind of funny about me is I'm actually a very introverted person, but most people don't see that or even mm-hmm. believe it because I've gotten very good at being, you know, very outgoing when I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it. Like, I don't love like, you know, walking into a room and having to talk to people and like some people love that, right? Like my husband is just, you love that? Okay. Yeah. He love is it. like a natural extrovert. He's love like, it. I want to talk to everybody. Yep. So he's a good sidekick a lot of times. Right. But he, um, he's, he's so good at it too. Right. And so I've taken a lot of like lessons from him of like just how to get better at it because mm-hmm. it is so important. And I think unfortunately, sometimes people think that, okay, I'm just going to work super hard be really kind of isolated and just work really hard. And I'm going to get to what I want that I typically have found that to be misleading. I think you need people to support you and you can't do everything by yourself. So you really, really do have to invest in cultivating a strong network and supporting Mm -hmm. that network. But it really takes like, I have to kind of, you know, like amp myself up and be like, okay, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go to this event. And like, usually I'll like, set some kind of like goal, like, okay, you're gonna go talk to like five people that you don't know. And once you kind of get over the fact that like every, most people, they're also kind of uncomfortable, like talking to new people. So once you kind of just get over that and put yourself out there, it's like, what's the worst that can happen. Right. And then, you know, you talk to five people, you end up talking to 10, you kind of roll with it and you get in your groove, but it's definitely like, it's for me then like draining. I kind of go back and like the next night I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch my like, you know, bridge or 10 and like, nobody, (laughs) I could like not talk to someone for like multiple days. And like, I think my husband went away once and I'd had some really intense work week and he was gone for the weekend on that like bachelor party or something. And he came back and I was like, I don't think I talked to anyone this weekend. Oh my God. Like I think it was just me and the dog the whole weekend. He was like, (laughs) looked at me like I was like insane. I was like, it was so lovely. Like I felt so energized (laughs) and it was funny in COVID because during the pandemic, he was like, he was like, I'm going crazy. It's just you and me in the house. There's nobody else. And I'm like, I'm going crazy because it's you and me in the house like all the time. It's never quiet. <laughs> like, yeah. So, that's so good. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's outside of my comfort zone, but I do it anyway. You do it anyway. Yeah. At least you do it. You know, a lot yeah. of people, what's out there comfort zone they won't do. Yeah. You're describing this answer comes up sometimes on this show and mm. I'm the person that that is in my sweet spot. Like a yeah. room of a hundred people I don't know or showing up to interview somebody on my podcast. I have like zero, like, it's just like fun for me. Pure fun. Yeah. Um, and also being in rooms of people is very energizing for me. So, and, mm-hmm. and I actually, 
had my friend Katarina on the show a couple months ago now, and she calls herself a super friendly introvert. And she's very friendly. Mm. She's very like light and bubbly, but she's quite introverted. And we did a whole episode on what introverts and extroverts should know about each other. And I love that. Yeah. And one of the things she said is like, I can show up just like you can, but I got to rest afterwards. And I'm like, yeah, I can. I'm like, I can show up and act the same as you. And I need no rest. And it's actually more energizing for me to continue to spend time with you. So how do introverts and extroverts, how do we like, how do we actually like set each other's expectations? And Sam, the second thing I'm going to say about this topic is you have once again proven what I believe to be a fact of life that people that get married always have the, when are we going home and do we have to go home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, totally. I'm tired. It's it's PJs yeah. and Bridgerton time and your husband's probably like, one more drink, babe. And you're like, 100%. <laughs> yeah. There's, it, like every married couple... You can ask that and somebody's like, I'm that person and I'm that person. I don't know many yeah. married couples that are both like the people that are out all night or like the total extroverts. Yeah, Why they're probably work? like taking over the world. I don't know. like <laughs> Or annoying everybody. <laughs> yeah, or closing down the bar and like closing down the bars. getting kicked out. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about um, like an important topic to you. And the way I like to frame this question is I'm going to give you five minutes. So everybody in the world's listening to this podcast, which the, <laughs> I wish um, I'd be doing this podcast for my like hundred foot yacht. If everybody in the world is listening to this podcast, <laughs> I'm not, I'm in my office, my yeah. little studio, but it's still great. So I give you five minutes. Everybody's listening. Sam, what would you, what would you give a five minute speech on? And what would you, what would be your call to action at the end of that speech? Hmm. I would probably give, and this is potentially self-serving, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would give a call to action to get outside and spend time with friends, family, travel, take a walk down the block, like go somewhere in your own neighborhood that's new or different, go to a new country. Just put yourself out there outside of, yes, your comfort zone, but just outside of more like your familiarity zone. Because I feel like it's really easy for people. There's obviously like the internet is a complicated place right now. And I think it's really easy for people to feel some sort of intense, like negative emotion towards someone or something if they don't understand them. Um, and part of the reason I do what I do when it comes to travel is like, I genuinely believe that we would be better off the more people are able to meet and just connect with people that are different from them, have like a different perspective from them. Um, maybe because people don't really know how to disagree anymore. It's either so like, true. like I'm right and you're wrong and therefore I hate you. Um, like there's like not really an in-between, but I think just the more we can go out and just meet people, like share a meal with them, a conversation, even a kind gesture you can just build more empathy for other people. And you realize like, we're really all much more alike than we are different. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and that makes a lot of sense why you have such a passion and work in travel as well. I was, as yeah. you were saying that I was thinking about anybody you've ever, anybody I've ever talked to in my life. I've never heard anybody say, boy, I'm really sorry. I took that trip or I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm really sorry. I went and, I have heard people say that, but it's not because they took the trip. It's because the trip went horribly wrong or like it was just a bad experience. But yeah. I've never met anybody who that I've ever heard say like, you know, like going to that other country and learning about a culture was not a good experience for me. <laughs> yeah, right. I, ha I have not heard that either. 
Yeah, I had, I think it was last, uh, late last year, I had a gentleman uh, named Scott Marshall. He's the CEO of Semester at Sea, the company that runs mm-hmm. that program. If you know Semester at Sea, yeah, fascinating. Great and program. what's cool about that travel experience is it's for college students and you get on a cruise ship and you go to locations around um, the one that they were doing. It was, it was an interesting conversation around COVID because it still was like a lot of the COVID stuff. If you want to talk about safety procedures for COVID, listen to that episode, like yeah. what they had to do to actually sail. But um, they, we talked there about just that experience for college students to be able to go to these different places and travel together and get that experience and not just do it in one place. Like most people travel abroad, you know, like study abroad and they do it in one location usually. And to get to go to five or six different places around Europe, just so amazing. And like um, the amount of people that do it. So that makes a ton of sense. Like that seems very aligned self-serving only in that, like you believe in it. Like that's what all I heard is you believe, you believe in the power of that truth and getting out there. Um, What's, what's a place that you're going to go next. That's a little outside your comfort zone. Hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily outside my comfort zone, but I've never been before, um, which is to Croatia. Yeah. I love to visit Croatia. I've just heard incredible things. Um, obviously gorgeous place. And a lot of our travels revolve around like <clears throat> food, and, like talking to people. As they should. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, one of my husband and I's favorite things to do when we're traveling. And maybe this is like a travel tip. Uh, it's to go chat with the bartenders at restaurants or hotels because they typically are so plugged in to like the food and nightlife scene in the cities. And they're not like a concierge where there's necessarily any type of incentive for them to give you any kind of recommendation. And if you sit there and chat with them, like most people are like kind of rude to like bartenders and stuff. Like they want their drinks, they kind of walk away. But if you sit there and they're like, Hey, where are you from? They usually like have really fascinating stories and um, we'll give you really great recommendations for things to do. So that's just like something we love doing when we travel. Oh, such a good tip. Yeah. You reminded me when we set up this interview, I thought to myself, I'm not letting you off the air with a bunch of great travel tips. <laughs> yeah, there's your first one. Okay. Not enough to have us not want to do well-traveled, but enough to be like, Good. but that is a great travel tip. And yeah. my friend, Mike, he, he worked in the United States and then him and his wife went down and worked at St. John and he was a bartender at a restaurant mm-hmm. in St. John. And he said he like that. And he was so plugged cause we went visit them. He was so plugged in. He knew like yeah. on this night, this band plays here. This is the thing. This is where you don't want to go. And also, cause that's such a tourist location that he said there were a lot of really rude people, including a lot of Americans, which is kind of yeah. sad, you know, more than sad, yeah. but Par for the course. All right, Sam, we're going to take a very brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this. The Talking to Cool People podcast is brought to you by Jason Frizzell Coaching. Jason works with amazing people who are looking to find and develop their passion and purpose and create their journey to wherever it is they want to go. Check us out at jasonfrizzell.com, Facebook, or on Instagram. Jason loves hearing from anyone who thinks it would be cool to connect, to be coached, or to be a guest on our show, email him at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com or DM him on Facebook and Instagram. And now, back to some more amazing conversation on talking to cool people. All right, Sam. So what else do you want us to know about you? It's a good question. I think 
travel's been part of my DNA since I was really young. Um, Mm -hmm. I was really fortunate that my parents travel was a big part of their lives. So I was born in England and I moved to the U S when I was 10 years old. Um, and I don't sound British. I sound American. Uh, but the thing is when you move somewhere, when you're 10 and you talk funny and you have like a spice girls backpack and you're just like, you know, hi, I'm from great Britain. Um, you're not cool. People just think you're kind of a freak. So, um, I hated my accent. Kids are mean. And I got like teased a lot. So I would like actively try to get rid of it. Um, and I was successful in that endeavor because now I sound like I'm from LA, which is where I live now. Um, but you know, as a kid, we traveled all the time. My parents, my mom was a travel agent in her past life. And my dad traveled like three weeks out of the month, uh, for work. And, um, so it was something I was just exposed to when I was really young. And I think, you know, my parents were really intentional, intentional about wanting me and my sister to like feel uncomfortable and like, know that we weren't the only people that existed in the world as you tend to do think when you're a little kid, right. Your whole world kind of ends right in front of your face. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. And it's something that I think I'll definitely do with my kids in terms of just kind of forcing them to get out there and get uncomfortable and be in different places and meet new people and things like that. Yeah. Very cool. Do you miss your accent now? Yeah. I'd be so much cooler. I have, a cool I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I agree with that. The British yeah. accent is, is one of the greatest things on the planet. Right. It's so good. I feel like I'd sound just super smart. And like really put together. My parents Posh. have their accents. Yeah. My sister has her accent. She went back to England for um, college. So I'm just the odd one out here. Yeah. Are you uh, and so you're a British citizen? I am a British citizen. Uh, I'm also a New Zealand citizen, which is mm. where my mom is from. And then I do have a green card for the U.S. My sister is like a secret agent. She was born in the U.S. So she has three passports. Yeah. Um, which is pretty unique, I think. <laughs> yeah. Longer. All with the same name, hopefully. One would hope. One yeah. would hope, but you know, well, maybe not. It depends on what, maybe she yeah. actually is a secret agent. Then she's got right. all sorts of aliases. <laughs> yeah, to the best of my knowledge. but Yeah. And then you, you mentioned that you're married. So are you married? Well, what is your husband from? So interestingly enough, each of our parents are from a different country. So I mentioned my mom's from New Zealand. My dad's from England. His dad is from India and came to the U.S. when he was 18. And then his mom is from Latvia um, Mm. and was brought over when she was very young um, by her mother. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this a lot, but your children are going to have like, they're like, what's your background? They're like, for all four corners. That's amazing. Yeah, we've got it all covered, right? It's that so is wow. I I don't know that I've ever met anybody who has that direct lineage that spread out. Yeah. In a good way. That's super cool. Yeah, they're all like whatever first generation immigrants, which is so fascinating. And what's funny is yeah. they like love each other. They were all literally all just at our house last weekend for my husband's yeah. birthdays this weekend. And I think there is this just like shared camaraderie about being an immigrant and having these different experiences. And like, there's this funny story my husband's dad tells of like, he came from India and so he didn't eat beef. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And when he came to the U.S., like someone was like, oh, do you want a hamburger? And he was like, yeah, great. Like thinking like ham, like pork. And they were like, no, that's beef. And he was like, huh. Okay. Well, I guess he now eat I eat beef. Yeah. Cause he'd already been, he was like halfway through it. <laughs> and he was Hindu. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And so now he's kind of, he, whatever, he went through his own transition. He was like 18 at the time when he came yeah. to the U.S. Uh, and now he does eat whatever he wants, but it, the, he was like just these cultural things that you like have to just learn or figure out coming to a new country. Yeah. Um, or it's yeah. really interesting. I'm just thinking, thinking Sam, that what you've ended up doing, like it, it's almost preordained based on your background. And then <laughs> yeah. Also marrying somebody with, with such a wide, like such a cool wide purview in the world that, it's just super cool. I, I come from the exact opposite. Like both mm-hmm. sides of my family's family have a pre-revolutionary war. Oh wow! So wow. like northern, yeah, northern European. Like you know, my my mom likes genealogy, so she did either twenty three and Me or one of the Ancestry dot com, and we actually mm-hmm. tracked it. Like both sides were like were here before America was was actually a country. So That's people like, where are you from? I'm like. We're actually American, I think. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. originally like Scottish and French, but like we're talking, yeah. you know, 400 some years ago. That's so cool. It's That's very pretty cool, cool too, though. That's yeah. Well, it's funny. Incredible. You can trace it back that far. Now. Yeah, it really is. And then on my wife's side, my wife doesn't know her father, doesn't know anything no. about her father. And then her mother is first generation Norwegian. Mm. So my wife is half Norwegian and half no idea. Yeah. No wow. Idea. You have to do a DNA day type of thing. Very cool. So, um, this is the part of the show where you get to play the host and ask me something. And since we're just getting to know each other, I have no idea what's coming. <laughs> I've had all sorts of things thrown at me. So yeah, what, what can I answer for you and for everybody listening? I would like to know, what do you like to do for fun? Podcast and work. Mm. I'm being facetious. Well, I do like, <laughs> I actually do like the podcast for fun. It is one of the questions I get on the show a lot and nobody's ever asked me this by the way, which is such an fun get to know you question. And nobody's ever asked me, what do you like to do for fun? There was hmm. some people try to get really clever and like try to not like a gotcha, but a lot of people ask me, why do I do the podcast? Hmm. And the truth is, is because it's really fun. Good. That's it. That's why uh, I've, I've shared this on the show before. If anybody out there wants to get into podcasting to be like a celebrity or do it, like you have a long road ahead of you. It is a very challenging thing to monetize in any meaningful way. Doesn't mean you can't do it, but if you're not famous already, there's just so many of them. But what do I do for fun? So, um, podcasting, I play guitar. I'm a big NFL person. Mm -hmm. By the way, congratulations. I don't know if you're a Rams fan. I am the worst sports fan ever because I'm not really a sports fan. I know. I'm sorry. I, I am from Minnesota. And we haven't had a championship since 1991 in any professional sport. So when I meet people that literally are world champions right now, I'm just like, do you understand? I'm sorry. I'm breaking your heart. Yeah, You are breaking my heart. (laughs) Have you been to SoFi? You know, I haven't gone yet. I really want to go. It Um, looks amazing. It looks incredible. Except for the guy who drowned there last week. (laughs) Well, yeah. Whatever that (laughs) was, but... I've heard the food and everything is pretty awesome and like, yeah. it looks like they've done an amazing job. So I want to go. I mean, there's so yeah, many cool gorgeous. venues in, in LA. We're very lucky. Yeah, um, for sure. Like the Hollywood Bowl is like another really, really cool place to see a show. Yeah. So I was going to say, what else do I do for fun? I'm a huge music person. I play, I play guitar and I love live music. 
Amazing. So, I love live music as well. Yeah. What's the last Favorite concert show. you went to? Oh, okay. You got there first. Um, last concert I went to was Galantis at the Red Rocks. Um, nice. Which was I haven't been awesome. to Red Rocks. It's super cool. Even just to see anybody there, it's just an amazing venue. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the, I just saw a show 14 days ago. I saw Dead and Company at Bethel Woods, which nice. is the original site of Woodstock. That's incredible. Up here in, up, in New York, in upstate New York. It's actually where Woodstock took place in 1969. Wow. An outdoor amphitheater, 15,000. So you can imagine a Dead and Company slash Grateful Dead outdoor show. You can imagine the vibe. Yeah. There is no fighting. Really fun. Really fun. Amazing. And they play for about awesome. four hours too. It's, it's wow. a vibe. So um, that's the last show. That was a couple weeks ago. Um, it, I'll share with you because we're talking about music and what I like to do for fun. My wife and I and some friends were going to Keith Urban in a few weeks in New Jersey. It's an outdoor amphitheater. We like country music. And mm. then the highlight of my summer is I'm taking my daughter to the Encanto concert. Whoa, that's going to be so fun. Yeah. We so like, have you seen Encanto? Uh, yeah, it's so yeah, good. We're huge like Disney Pixar people. Yeah. Like, we love are to we are too both because we like it, but also because we have a six year old. <laughs> like yeah, and Conto, you don't have a choice with a six year old. It's like yeah. it's going to be a thing. Yeah. But yeah, they're doing a they're doing a live tour. I don't know if it's coming to LA, but it's like an orchestra tour where the movie and then they play all yeah, the Yeah. Those things are so cool. Yeah. So we're gonna do that's coming to Bethel Woods too and like in August. But yeah, I I've gone to I've seen a ton of live music. I love live music. I'm gonna go to I think Rage Against the Machine in the fall. Madison oh, Square nice. Garden. I want to go to Pearl Jam, but the tickets are outrageous. And, really? Um, outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. Because everybody, you know, there's too much money. It's like New York and LA, there's too much money and there's they haven't been touring they know for two years. People will pay. Someone's going to pay. pay like pay five it. grand yeah. to see Pearl Jam. They're like, who cares? Yeah. Um. So huge music person. We are big travelers. Like I mentioned, we have a one-year-old, so we don't travel as much, but we'll get back on, we'll get back to traveling soon. And then... um. I'm, you know, I mentioned, I love people. So I like, I like doing like, uh, like we have a lot of parties and things like that. Yeah. And then because I'm getting old, one of my favorite things to do is hang out with our dog. In addition to the yes. family, we have a one and a half golden retriever. Who's just the best ever. We have a labradoodle and he's the love of our lives. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> very smart. Yeah. Our yeah. mother-in-law has a labradoodle on my mother-in-law. So yeah, those are some of the things I do. And then uh, I'm also a huge film person. So I love watching mm. like, good film. Good what's film. A, what's a good movie you saw recently? Yes. Uh, I actually saw Black Phone last night, which I really liked. Really? really? Liked. The Black I don't Phone. think yeah. I can handle it. I can't it's a Blumhouse. Scary, so it's, it's kind of horror. It's more of a thriller. But I'll tell you before that, just like most people I know, the two best movies I've seen this year, and then we're going to take it back to you is Obviously, Top Gun Maverick is phenomenal. I saw it twice in theaters. It's I wanted to amazing. see it a third it's, time. It's, I couldn't find anyone to go with me. It's so good. I didn't. Did you see it in IMAX? Uh, no, it wasn't in IMAX. But it was. I like really a, wanted to, but yeah. yeah, that movie is so good. And it then was just a, well done. Really incredible film for those who can stand a lot of like blood and guts. Is The Northman really good? Yeah, my husband watched that. I was kind of like, "What are you?" It's really violent, and just like was like, "No." unsubscribe can't do it it was like some super violent thing and i was like nope nope, nope. it's like game of thrones go, right it's like, yeah i couldn't do that <laughs> but really well done beautifully shot the other movie i'll i'll recommend everybody listening is worst person in the world 
It, yeah, it was after I've Beth, seen this. Okay, it was so good. Good. Okay, I'm gonna so add that good. to my list. Yeah, it's Norwegian. It's yeah, Norwegian, and it was up for. Okay. It was up for. It I. It was actually up for best original screenplay, I believe, mm-hmm. in like the normal category at the Oscars this year. Not even as foreign awesome. film, and then it was up for best. Definitely for best foreign film, but it's like kind of a love story, but like mm-hmm. really, it's about relationships. It's really, really clever. Some sad, kind of a comedy. Really good. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to do one plug for Elvis. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it. It was, I mean, it's honestly weird. Like yeah. Austin Butler is just like, this is going to like, I think put him into like superstardom. He, yeah. It's like, you're watching Elvis. It's very, and I'm, yeah. I like really knew nothing about Elvis. Like again, like my parents are British. It's like not as much part of like our culture, but yeah. it was just like, and like, it was a fascinating movie and just, yeah. like, his performance is incredible. I like Bods Lerman. I mean, I really like, I, I love Moulin Rouge and. Oh um, yeah. He was the perfect so, person to do this. Yeah. It's great. I'd like to see it soon. Yeah. I, it would, was it's on the list. And yeah, I heard he's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Austin Butler. He just should like, be. So, and then I heard Tom yeah. Hanks is like kind of not good. He just like, you're not even paying attention to him because you're like hypnotized by Austin yeah. Butler. It's wild. Um, that's super cool. Yeah, it was cool. It's a good movie. I'll have to start up a film podcast. And- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, I could geek out about this all day too. Yeah. So you're like movies. sports. No film. We're going to be film and music. Hour. Yeah. Yeah, film and music. That's awesome. Is your husband the same? Does he like film and music yeah. as well? Yeah, he likes film and music. We're like big Marvel geeks, so we go see like mm. every Marvel movie. Which yeah. I was like, you know, you're lucky. Like, I feel like not that many wives are like down to watch Marvel movies, or at least like a lot of my girlfriends are not into it. And like, my wife is not either. She yeah. literally might be the only person in America who hasn't seen Endgame, nor could she care less. I don't think any of my friends have seen it either. I'm like, I'm going to Thor. And they're like, what? Why? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> they're like, no. All right, Sam. So um, ad lib question here is we're talking about movies. Bring it back to you. Mm-hmm. Who do you most identify with as a Marvel superhero? Like as your, for yourself, who's your Marvel, Marvel superhero <laughs> avatar? I mean, I would love it to be Captain Marvel because she's amazing. <laughs> save the world. <laughs> that seems like the best one to me. <laughs> Do you actually identify with her? Um, I think so. I mean, I feel like she's like a little bit of like a misfit initially and like underestimated, which like I kind of appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just is like very <clears throat> determined and like resilient. And women saved the planet. She saved yeah, the, and she's saved like the a planet total badass. So. Oops, sorry. Somebody's like, oh, don't ruin it. I'm like, if you haven't seen Endgame by now. <laughs> Is I think it's the top you. grossing box office movie of all time now. Like, yeah. forget it. Like, yeah. they the the good guys win in the end. That's what happens. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, Sam. Other than let's see, travel, Marvel, music, film, your dog. <laughs> what else are you passionate about? I am really passionate about, aside from all those wonderful things, um, helping other women. Uh, especially female founders. Um, so that's how I built a lot of my network is just connecting with other women that are doing really cool things and trying to figure out how I can help them um, and learn more about what they're doing and get their name out there. Cause um, I just want to see more, more women out there building amazing companies. Cause there's plenty of them doing it. Yeah. I have a, 
I have another I have another podcast called Talking to Tech People. It's I mm-hmm. launched it this year just because again I love podcasting. Yeah. And I just had a really delightful woman from um she's a female founder from the Netherlands and she um I'd actually like to connect the two of you who'd be interested. Yeah. She absolutely. uh and her company had a brilliant idea and they have an app called Peekabond and it's for parents and grandparents to connect with young children. And it's like a, it's an asynchronous message, uh, asynchronous video messaging app. And they give you a curriculum that like grandparents could say like, Hey, today you can send your kid this thing. And it's really cool. Mm -hmm. And she, and she created it because her, um, she's in the Netherlands and her sister and her two nieces live in Australia. And so that was the problem that they had is like, well, you have FaceTime, you have zoom. And quite frankly, little kids get bored. Yeah, so it's a way to actually do it. And the, the brilliant thing about it is as you're sending messages to the kids and the kids look at the video messages, it records your reaction, their reaction. So then the grandparents can see like, oh, this That's thing is cute. so cool. It's really cute. So That's really I, cool. I bring this up because I've actually had quite a few female founders on uh, tech founders on that show. And it's, they all say the same thing. They're like, I really want to support more female founders. And I, yeah. I, I work with some female founders and um, coach some of them at a, both privately, but also at a community called round, which mm. is, it's a tech community, a membership community. And we have, we have quite a few female founders joining. So I think there's definitely an uptick in the percentage and at round we're really committed to having more diversity. Mm. Like one of the core things is diversity in tech, including, uh, including more women. Yeah. As, I love that. Yeah. Cause when you look at a round community and they're like, we need more of this, more of that, I won't call out what the, this and that is. I'm like, this looks exactly like it would look like if you went to Meta or Snap. It's like the same, <laughs> yeah. it's the, almost like the same ratio and dynamic. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, women in yeah. tech for sure. My woman, my was sharing with you. My wife is not a founder, yeah. but she's a woman in tech. Yeah, I love and, that. Uh, yeah, it's great. What's the thing you're most proud of? I would say our team, the the team I built at Well Traveled. Um, they're so awesome. There's seven of us and soon to be eight. And hiring is really hard. Uh, whether you work at a startup, whether you own your own business, whether you know, you're a founder. Um, so finding the right people that are motivated, <coughs> energized by what you're doing, but also work super hard. Um, and, you know, I, I typically think that you can teach smart people how to do anything. So I tend to err on the side of like passion, excitement for the business, um, and hire from that perspective, but they're just incredible people. We're all, we're an all female team at the moment. Um, and they're really just, I feel very lucky to be able to work with all of them every day. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask on the tech podcast with founders and I ask them, always ask them, um, once you get past the skill of the job, like the the technical part of it, right. What's the number one thing as a founder that you look for in your next team hire, especially this is a good time, right? Because you're past the first two or three people that are just so critical to the success. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's still critical, I'm sure, but you've gotten to the point where, if you've got seven people rocking and rolling and you've got the eighth who doesn't work perfectly, you can maybe withstand that versus you got yeah. three. Yeah, exactly. Hard to withstand. What's the, yeah. like, what's the number one trait that you're like, this person has to have this thing. That's a, 
way they show up at work outside of the technical and experience? I don't know if I could pinpoint one thing, but I would say being curious, being kind and being driven. Um, Those are somewhat similar, like snap has a similar approach around like, just like being a decent human being, but also being a really curious person. Um, And then, yeah, like being really driven to want to help create change and like move the company forward. Cause you know, at a startup that's very much, it's a lot of like, you know, you can take on as much as you want to take on, but there's like real impact that you can create. And that's like the cool part about being at a startup is you can do something on a Monday, see it go live on Tuesday and see like a member give you like positive feedback on it, like on a Friday. And you're like, yeah. I did that. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they interact with my service. They paid for it and it had product <laughs> market fit and it's working because they're, <laughs> re-upping their subscription and they're getting a lot of value. Yay. Like it's so good. What, um, are all, is everybody on your team, all big travel people as well? Oh yeah. That kind of requirement. Yeah. Not a requirement, but like they have a passion for travel. They do have a passion for travel and just like the mission of the company. Um, I think for a lot of them, the pain point we're solving was like a personal one for each of them too. Um, just because they love travel so much. Like most of them have either had like, you know, 10 years experience in the industry. Um, one of my team members has a tattoo of an airplane. Like we are very, oh, is she an airline person? She was, um, she's been in travel for like 10 years and she's been on the agency side, like the travel mm. agency side. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. Um, or like they've just been a personally, like a big traveler for a long time and just like kind of the same things that we talked about, right? Like I've seen like the positive impact it can have for people yeah. and want to make that, more available for people and like help create some like joy around that, like planning and discovery process. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk now about well-traveled. We've been dancing around it a little bit. So you are (laughs) the founder of not a, not a, well, let's talk about what traveled is. So people, people listening are like, what what does that mean? So um, let's start with, What's the problem that well-traveled solves? Cause you know, you start a company based on the tr- problem and then tell us more about it. Cause it's, it's so cool. And I've never heard of anything quite like it. Yeah. So it was definitely a personal pain point. You know, when I was um, in my past life, I was working for different consumer brands and helping them launch their marketing operations internationally. So I was traveling quite a lot. And then personally was also traveling a lot. And I just felt like I could never find relevant recommendations or recommendations I could trust from people who I felt like I connected with or shared my consumer experience. And I think a lot of the reason for that is you can't really like filter your feedback on a lot of these platforms that exist today. They were also designed like 20 years ago by a bunch of men And yet women are really the ones that are controlling the purchasing power in this space. Um, I realized there wasn't really anything out there that was tapping into community, which is like so important when it comes to travel, because a lot of times you want a recommendation from like a friend or a friend of a friend. There has to be some layer of trust there, right? So that's kind of what I was seeing is this like erosion of trust across all of these platforms. Like, you know, like I've been to some of like the number one spots on TripAdvisor and it's, 
usually not good. <laughs> like, you know, um, and it's just that everybody has their own personal interests, right? So there's just yeah. not a lot of like personalization that comes with these sites. And it was so yeah. funny. Like I was on Twitter yesterday, which I hate, but you know, it's like a lot of tech people are on Twitter yes. and someone had posted, you know, Hey, does anybody have recommendations for like coffee shops in San Francisco? And people had just kind of jumped in, started like peppering all these responses. And then this guy, Chris Messina, he's like um, a big guy on product launch. And he responds with, what do you like? And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's the question that you have to ask first. Like yeah. so often is that kind of just completely overlooked of like, what do you like? Like, what do you want? <laughs> um, so that's like very much kind of how we, I was like thinking through all of this. And I was like, I want to build something that really makes this process one, like more fun. Cause it's kind of it takes a lot of time to do all this research yeah. for travel planning and yeah. just, you know, gets you excited for your trip. Cause I've just never felt particularly inspired on TripAdvisor. Um, so that was really kind of the, the perspective that I was coming at it from. And then, you know, there's a lot of masculine energy in that space. And I wanted to yeah. design something that was really from a female perspective with that consumer in mind. Um, nice. So like everybody's welcome to join the club, but most of our members are women actually. I think my wife will probably be a member very shortly. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to say before we start to wrap up is, um, Speaking of England and TripAdvisor, I was when I was there on a trip one time. I I like doing bike tours. I hate running, but I like doing bike tours. I just think it's an awesome way to see cities. Yeah, it's cool. and I found a bike tour and it was great. And it was I think it was the number one bike tour in London. And I was talking to the the guy who owns the company. He's like, if we go to number two on TripAdvisor, it, our business is dead. Like it's dead. <laughs> it, like we we see like a fifty percent reduction in thing because they mm. they had somebody write a bad review and like however that all. Ranks and yes, TripAdvisor is great. I actually use TripAdvisor all the time, but I would prefer to get more of some like a look, like not even a local. Like, hey, I I know Sam. I trust Sam. I know that we have similar interests. Yeah. Um, like for example, like, hey, what's a cool place to go and run? Like, you can, you know, in some cities now they have like these running clubs. You can go and like, hey, mm -hmm. we'll take you a tour and we'll run. Like, I'd rather yeah. hear that from you than hear from big some big thing. Um, very cool. We're gonna. I'll post a link to Well Traveled. All the all the good stuff in the show notes. Check it out. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. And I love the community Thank aspect you. of it. Because travel is so much more fun with the community. Like social and community and all those things. Totally um, agree. You got time for a couple more quick questions for us? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. What's something you're afraid might be true about you? Oh, that I'm a workaholic. <laughs> Are you afraid that that might be true about you or are you, do you know that to be true about you? Um, probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably pretty close to being true. I do try to like, I have a word of the year and my word of this year is um, presence. So mm. I try to be really present with what I'm doing. So if that's, you know, recording this podcast or like making dinner or, you know, talking to my team and I try to be like intentional about my time because, you know, otherwise as a founder, like, and I'm like a little introverted, right? I could just like crank all night long, <laughs> but that actually ends up not being the best use of time. Yeah. <clears throat> As a fellow dog person, there's nothing, there's no better demonstration of pure presence than when your dog is happy to see you because all yeah. they are focused on is like you. Yes. At least for yes. about five seconds and they're like, 
there's something else. But for like the yeah. fir- when you walk in the door, like they're like with you 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. It's I true. love that. All right. So Sam, how do you see the world? And this is a little bit of a meta question for somebody who works in travel. So yeah, how do you <laughs> see the world? I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I see us as much more alike than we are different. And I think there's a lot more commonality between people than we realize. And just, I caution people about being too focused on their digital life because you'll miss like your actual life. Um, And so I just hope that I kind of think there is going to be a bit of a snapback actually from Mm. this focus on digital and um, you know, like I think there's like a difference between like the metaverse and like AR and the applications of that. Cause like metaverse is sort of its own entity versus AR is actually like sort of experiencing the world in like a heightened sense. But I just really think that as human beings, like we're not really designed to just be sitting indoors on our computers all day. No. Um, we're like explorers, right? Like that's what we did. <laughs> like we're designed yes. to go and, you know, talk to people and, you know, um, even me, like, I think when you go and you land in a new country or a new place or new neighborhood, like it doesn't have to be that extreme. It's can be really energizing. Um, and so that's, I think we are more connected than we think that we are. And so much of that is in real life connection. It's so, so, so important. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. I'm so glad we made this happen. Me too. Thank you so much for being on. Best of luck to you and the team. Not even luck. You don't need luck. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, We were catching up before. I just want to mention you have an app coming out. So everybody check out the app. It's going to be out in the next few months. We're going to have a full mobile native mobile experience. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Very exciting. All right, Sam, last thing as we wrap up for this time around, words of wisdom for us, short and sweet. What do you got for us? I would say if you're starting something new um, or you're feeling like you don't have everything perfect, like don't let perfect get in the way of progress is something like working at a startup will just slap the perfectionist right out of you. Um, Yeah. (laughs) If you're ever feeling like overwhelmed or stuck, just do something like take some action. It's a good antidote to feeling you know, afraid or overwhelmed is to just take some small steps and just do it anyway, even if you're not ready. Yeah. I'll wrap with this. I feel like either you've had good executive coaching or you could be one because that is a lot of times all clients need is what's the very next thing you're going to do. Yeah. The very next thing, no matter what. And this, this actually applies anywhere (laughs) in life, right? Like no matter what you're up to. Well, thank uh, again, Sam, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it and best of luck with everything. Thank you. This is awesome. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with Jason Frizzell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook and give us a shout out or take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If something from today's episode piqued your interest and you'd like to connect, email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners because you're cool people too.